Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Pharrell has taken over. Let's go. It's Pharrell. Steaks, chicks, stacks. You and I are going to make a lot of money. It's Pharrell, coast to coast. All right, Pharrell back on coast to coast for hour two. We bring in Mafia to talk the fight game. Brian Ciano joins us on C2C. Uh, You know, the UFC fight night went down. And uh, I couldn't agree with you more with the Allen and Dern statement wins uh, thought. And I, I thought that uh, Allen looked fantastic. And I'd never even seen that guy fight before. And I got to tell you, while I'm at it, uh, I thought this Italian, Vittori, the stallion, my God, what did he have? I mean, I've never seen a guy have that many takedowns in a fight. And uh, his stock rose through the roof for me with his uh, just domination picking him up and just throwing Holland around like a rag doll and just pouncing on him and just owning him. Yeah, I mean, that was a smart move, to, you know, the way to play it. And we knew that was coming in because we saw that just three weeks ago when he fought Derek Brunson. The same thing happened to Holland. He came in with all his hype because of the wins that he had. I think it was five in a row before that. You know, all the knockouts he was throwing down, people were excited about him. And we saw even in the Vittori fight, like, he looked great on the feet in the early going. Man, he was quick. He had pop. He, you know, he was hitting from range. He looked good. And then Vittori got in close enough to get his hands on him. And then he did just exactly what Brunson did three weeks ago. Toss you down. Toss you down. Grind you out. 11 takedowns was incredible for him. He dominated him. And it was a risky fight for him because he's the higher-ranked guy in the division right now. He was fighting against Till, who a lot of people were throwing around as, you know, possible next guy up for Adesanya. So if you beat Till, then maybe you're the guy who's up for the title shot. If you, you know, beat Holland, well, he's ranked 10th. So people are like, okay, whatever you're supposed to. And then if you lose to him, then you're falling down the mountain. So it's a big chance for him to take. But he showed up. He took it. And he dominated the guy. And, you know, Holland's great. He's awesome on the feet. He's a BJJ black belt. But that doesn't matter when you put on your back the whole time. That's something he has to learn how to stop those because that's going to cost him. If he, You know, everyone's looking at this tape from what Derek Brunson did to him, what Vittori did to him, and they're just going to keep doing that to him every time. Just get through the punches, get it, you know, out inside those long limbs, and then take him down and grind it out that way because that's what it's been the last two times. And then those other ones, you know, uh, Allen and Yusef, that was a, a battle. You know, Allen caught him with some nice punches there. Those are two guys that are making their name in that division. They were 10 and 11 in the division, so not a lot of people knew them. They're not household names yet, but, you know, the two guys that you should follow because they're very exciting, and they showed it in that fight. And, you know, Arnold Allen with those punches that he put Yusuf on the ground with in the first and second round, kind of coasted in the third, you know, played back defensive more so, just trying not to lose it. But he won it in those first two rounds, looked awesome doing so. And Mackenzie Dern, you know, ever since in the early going, she was very hyped up. And she kind of had her, her struggles at times, not doing, you know, to her strengths with the BJJ, doing a lot of stand-up that she shouldn't have. She's gotten better with her stand-up. But ever since she had her daughter and, you know, has gotten back to refocusing and really, you know, going after the crown in this division has become amazing. She looks better and better every time she gets out there. And to just dominate Nina Nunez, or formerly Nina Ansarov, you know, Amanda Nunez's wife, who is one of the best in that division, has been around a long time, 
you know, kind of one of the pioneers, essentially, the UFC of that division and just dominate her like she did and just wait her out, not go right for the armbar and get it taken away, but just, you know, methodically just pick her apart, get that hand loose, and eventually get her down so quick that she had to tap right before that round was over. That was just a very impressive performance by her. So uh, I didn't know that. So that's her, uh, that's the lioness's wife? That is, yes. Wow, I didn't know that. All right, so um, the whole story uh, with this controversy now on social media between Connor and, and uh, Diamond Poirier about not making a half a milli uh, donation to his charity, saying the fight on July 10th is off. They're not going to fight. Just before we get to that, I wanted to mention, uh, first of all, uh, I don't believe for one minute that fight's off. And in fact, I think they're still going to fight. But I want to yeah. welcome in our radio affiliate, SiriusXM, Mightier 1090, Sports Map Radio, Sports Byline. So, Mafia, the deal is, uh, I know they're fighting with all this nonsense and rhetoric, but the reality is, is that I heard that they're still going to fight. Yeah, they're going to fight. There's no way UFC is backing off that. That's the fight that everybody wants. If you break them up, everyone else in the division is tied up now. What do you do? Poirier should be fighting for the belt. Now that's going to Chandler and you know, Oliveira. You have, you know, who else is going to go against Conor in that division? All the big names are gone. They're matched up with other people. So it would completely destroy that card. Nothing else is going to be big enough to put Conor against right now in that card to try to save it. That's what they're going to do. All this is is hyping it up. This is all, you know, we've had a lot of talk about these guys, about how respectful they are of each other, how much they think that the other guys are a great fighter and they've been really, you know, cordial and just like, hey, I'm going to kick your ass, but I think you're awesome. Well, now we're getting the bad blood, and that's what sells the fights, right? That's what this is all about. That's what they're doing this for. I'm sure, you know, Conor's going to give the money, whatever it was agreed to, you know, half a million. They had the little battle, but now you're seeing the, you know, the disrespectful Conor. We're seeing the normal Conor where he's calling him an, in, you know, inbred hillbilly and just saying, you know, the, the sexual connotations of like, oh, it's Mardi Gras. Everybody flash me if you want this fight because I'm not fighting him anymore. Like, this is the low-life Conor that we're used to seeing now in full force with this stuff going on with this Twitter battle. But eventually, they're going to get in the cage and we're going to see them fight in July. This isn't some BS where he's going to pull out now and the UFC is going to be okay with that. This fight's happening. So Sterling hurt his neck. He's having surgery. Yeah, apparently he's been hurt for a couple of years now, and he kind of just been fighting through it. But that you know that terrible knee to the head made it a little bit worse, and enough that he's like, you know what, I got to go get taken care of. And of course, some people are gonna you know criticize him that he's not coming right out and fighting Jan and you know rematching that after that strike that happened. But I think that's a smart thing to do, man. Go make sure you're taken care of before you go and fight for that title again, and give yourself that time to recover and be at your peak form. So Northcutt is out of the Ioki bout in one due to COVID. Mm-hmm. Also, Bader uh, kicked Machida's ass uh, on Showtime oh, yeah. on Friday night. Evander Holyfield returning to the ring June 5th to fight Kevin McBride. That is just flat out laughable and embarrassing. And lastly, Mafia, real quick, Roman Reigns stays the Universal Champ at WrestleMania. Were you watching WrestleMania on Saturday and Sunday? I was not. Saturday I was doing game live, so I couldn't lock in on that. Sunday I was doing other things. WrestleMania is not my thing, but that made a Machida fight. I couldn't believe Machida last. So you and I were watching that on the radio show, and he was getting his ass kicked for five rounds, man. It was ugly. Uh, someone has to tell him to retire because he got his ass beat. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ah, the evolution of Rick Haro, the sports professor. We also have, um, you know, he's the sports business, legal, and now hot dog insider on Sports Grid. <laughs> he has taken his game to a whole new level after our hour-long conversation about the best hot dogs in the world. Uh, he's now tapped into a whole new avenue of success for himself. Mr. Haro, let's go. Uh, the 85th Masters is in the books. Uh, golf uh, looks ahead to Kiowa. Torrey Pines and the Olympics. And uh, they couldn't get out of that uh, Matsuyama victory fast enough on CBS with their three questions they asked him after winning the green jacket. Whereas anyone else wins it, they spend an hour asking 90 questions. I thought it was embarrassing the way they handled it. Well, I'm not sure about embarrassing, but it wasn't as good as if you got a loquacious guy who you want to hear from. I guess his answers were, I'm happy, I'm happy, and I'm happy. And so, listen, he's now the icon, just like Naomi Osaka is in the tennis world as well. And now we move on to other things. So the uh, PGA Championship will probably have 10,000 fans at most because of capacity and protocol at Kiowa. Tori, who knows what's going to happen in California. And then the Olympics, let's remember, we don't have international fans to watch Olympic golf. Where is it? Japan. Who's going to light the torch? Probably uh, uh, Matsuyama. Are they not going to have the Open Championship this summer? Yeah, the Open Championship at Torrey Torrey Pines is going to be, again, that's going to be one of those deals where California is going to be able to have some fans, but we don't know what's going to happen in California at the end of the the summer. You know, uh, President Biden is saying June 15, everything's open. Not so fast. It's up to each locality, and it's up to each kind of event. And as you know, the PGA Tour, has responsibility over a lot of these events, but different responsibility in different contexts. Masters, that was a protocol issue with Augusta, with the county, with the state. And obviously they have their own issues and they're going to err on the side of safety. So when you look at the crowd, you expect 30, 40,000 patrons a normal day, although the Augusta National Committee doesn't really announce it. You had more like 8,000. Once you got in, it was heaven, I'm sure. When you saw it on TV, you realize there weren't a whole lot of patrons, not a lot of a lot of crowd noise, but it was a big deal, obviously. Rick, I'm talking about the Open Championship, not that cheesy U.S. Open. I'm talking about the real golf tournament overseas. Oh, the one in Britain. I'm not going this year, so I don't care. No, it's it's happening. Obviously, it's going to happen this year. Didn't happen last year. Next year is what everybody's going to count on. That's St. Andrews again, returning to St. Andrews. And I know from today, by the way, as a fact, the accommodations are going quickly. They're hawking accommodations in St. Andrews 15 months before the Open. Yes, there'll be this Open, the Open this year, and there will be a big anniversary Open at St. Andrews next year, 2022. 
The open is all that matters in golf. Real golf, real manly golf down in those deep bunkers with wind and rain pelting golfers in the face. None of this American golf with all their nonsense and rules and rich people. Uh, tell me about the comeback, uh, focusing on facilities and bringing sports back that you're involved with. Yeah, it's kind of neat. Every second Wednesday now, Foley and Lardner, the sports and entertainment division of that firm, uh, is hosting this. They've given me the ability to co-host with Bob Dupay, who was the former president of Major League Baseball, a, a partner at Foley. And we're talking about various issues with opening. Now that the vaccines are here, everybody's talking about opening. And you got media issues. You've got property issues. You've got college issues. This time, you got an architect, Brian Truby, HKS. You got Janet Marie Smith, who designs all these facilities. Frank Sapovich, the Super Bowl guy from from the NFL, and and you've got uh, 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 Larry Lucchino next time, who's opening the Worcester Ballpark. By the way, on May 11, he's going to do our thing on May 12. I'm lucky enough to co-host it. We're talking about all issues relative to opening second Wednesday of every month. That's great. Uh, tell me about the All-Star Game in Denver. How many people are going to be able to go to that game at Coors? 42.6% today relative to capacity and the 50,000 fans. So you probably have about uh, 20, 25,000. It changes every week because of COVID, but they're doing a site visit next week on exactly how to stage it. They were going to think about awarding it to Coors because that was the runner-up when Dodger Stadium got there all-star game and they'll get theirs as well but when you pull out of atlanta the easy one to decide on is the one that would have gotten it in the normal course and that's course field in denver and people are excited about the all-star game though we're leaving a trail of controversy as they pulled out of atlanta glenn taylor bought the t-wolves uh, for 88 million dollars yeah. and sold them for 1.5 billion dollars i said earlier on the show today that alex rodriguez and his partners uh, bought that team, and in, you know, let's say 10, 20 years, it might be worth $5 billion. Anything in the NBA is valuable, as far as I'm concerned, and they get the links as well, and I think the WNBA is on the up. Well, the links in Minnesota is classic. I mean, the tie-in with Prince and the history of winning WNBA championships, that's a good deal. A-Rod finds a billionaire, that's a good deal for him. He struck out with Steve Cohen and the Mets, hits a home run here, and Let's remember, when I was doing the Miami Heat, by the way, Ted Arison bought the team for $32.5 million and thought it was highway robbery. He was being robbed, not the robber, in 1983. Now the teams are worth, on average, nearly $2 billion, and you're absolutely right. doesn't really matter what it sells for today. If you're in the family, you get access to global television rights, India, China, all of these relationships, and you are right. $1.5 billion once it's approved after a 30-day due diligence period. It's worth three, four, five times that in a not-too-distant future. And now G League, the African League, it's just so uh, enormous. And if they ever get their relations better in uh, the Far East and in China, yeah. I think uh, that'll be worth even more money. Tell me about uh, Americans wanting to go to sporting events and uh, – Two-thirds of host organizations have already held or are planning to have stadium events this year. Well, that's a twin deal. The University of Maryland Washington Post did a study saying nearly half want to go today when you wear masks. It's up to two-thirds. When you're vaccinated, it's even higher. And then the study done by the International Association of Events Hosts, IAEH, says that about 75% uh, of their surveyed 
members, they're all of the major events in all of the continents, say that they're ready to open up very quickly. And when you look at all the numbers, Comic-Con, as we said last week, everybody's open to full capacity, uh, certainly in the fall. Roger Goodell says, let's do it with the NFL. Colleges want to do it. Uh, Adam Silver says, let's do it with the NBA. So we're not moving too fast. But after double vaccines, even with these variants, we're thinking about the future and the comeback is pretty strong. And it's going to be a good fall. The Reds are offering discounts to fans that have been vaccinated. But moving on, uh, Destination Cleveland, how are the marketing efforts going uh, for the NFL draft there? Well, it's a combination of things. Uh, Certainly, there's going to be a whole lot of in-sight stuff, just like in Nashville when they had the draft there. Roger Goodell took a lot of it in-house, literally in-house, in his basement. And so uh, when you think about last year's draft, it's going to be a mixture of virtual plus uh, on-site. And the on-site for Cleveland, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, they're going to have part of it. The First Energy Stadium, they're going to have part of it. So if I'm Cleveland, I try to promote as much as I can. The eyes of the world will be on Cleveland at the end of April, beginning of May, and that's exactly what they're doing with their promotional dollars. Respectfully, 45 seconds. How about a Fandle and their relationships with some teams in Detroit? Yeah, Pistons, uh, Red Wings. Uh, listen, Michigan as we said last week, took gambling legal last month, and FanDuel didn't waste any time. They've got the deal, Little Caesars Arena. They've also got the uh, the deal with the casinos that they're trying to make sure that they have exclusive relationships with. So obviously FanDuel, on the top of the curve, they're buying companies. We know that. And part of the deal is they are trying to be first in the space, and they're succeeding. All right, Mr. Haro, fabulous. Uh, wish we had more time to talk about your favorite Vienna beef dogs, but we'll do that tomorrow <laughs> night on the bench on Sports Grid Radio. Uh, have a good night, my friend. I can't wait. I'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, there he is, Rick Haro on Coast to Coast. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, we go to baseball now. Uh, by the way, the Mets and Phillies uh, game at City has been washed. They'll play a doubleheader tomorrow. Uh, I thought uh, in that Phillies-Braves game, uh, I know you saw that play. That guy was out. Uh, that's all there is to it. I can't even fathom. I agree with everyone's assessment that if you're going to have instant replay, which controls the game, I mean, let's face facts, they review everything. In baseball, they spend more time standing over by the dugout looking at 
uh, with headsets on, uh, let, you know, they just sit there and wait to hear what baseball has to say. They have no uh, view of it at all, the umpires, right? It's somebody else making the decision for them. But I think that uh, what they've done is, Mike, they've just absolutely butchered instant replay in baseball. And, you know, they talk about robots and, you know, uh, cameras controlling everything. They can't even get it right when it's right in front of their face. I mean, baseball is embarrassing with their instant replay. How in God's name do you call that guy sick? He never hit the plate. Uh, yeah, no idea what was going on last night. Of course, top of the ninth, uh, Alex Bohm of the Phillies scores, uh, makes it 7-6. Uh, he was out. Uh, I don't care what Joe Girardi or Bohm tell you. Here, though, Scotty, is Braves manager Brian Snitker. He obviously thought that Bohm was out. He wasn't too thrilled about it after the game. Here's Snitker. We had an angle that I saw he didn't because I, I wondered till I saw a certain angle, and I was confirmed my – what I thought that he didn't touch the plate. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's frustrating sometimes, I guess is it's terrible. And that's what I told the umpires. I, I've, yeah. you know, cause I got a view, I got a view on the big screen that he didn't touch the plate. I mean, it was just so terrible. It's so embarrassing that, I mean, you can't get it right when you look at it for five minutes. I mean, you're sitting there staring at it at the league office for five effing minutes and you can't get it right. And, and then I, I just, uh, you know, and like you had mentioned, Girardi and the kid that was uh, called safe, the way those two lied through their teeth, uh, that was just as bad. Like Joe Girardi. I mean, honestly, Joe, you're pathetic. Just don't say anything. How about don't do the interview? There's an idea. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing like with Rojas and Conforto last week. Uh, you know, and that's two situations with these umpires already over the past week. Now, that play wasn't reviewable technically, the Conforto one. But, geez, their re- replay system as a whole uh, definitely they, has something to be desired. And then they find yeah, them when they yeah. argue about yeah, it. And, and yeah, they find yeah. them when they uh, say anything about the umps, they'll get a fine. Yeah, it's amazing how how Major League Baseball runs these things, that's for sure. So the Phillies end up getting out of Atlanta with that win 7-6 to six last night. The Yankees, on the other hand, also needed to get out of Tampa in the worst way. They at least got away with one win, 8-4 to four yesterday in 10 innings. Ruggio Dorr with the go-ahead hit in the 10th, opened the floodgates, they win it. Here's Aaron Judge, Scotty, a big character win for the Yankees one week into the season. Here's Judge. Every game we need, you know, and uh, that's where sometimes, you know, that's one thing about this team that's special is we got a lot of veteran guys. We got a couple of veteran guys that have played in big games and have been in big situations, you know. So when moments like that come up and, you know, that's where we just got to step back and reflect on those times in the postseason times, you know, big games, you know, against rivals that, you know, hey, just slow the game down and, you know, do what you do. And if you don't get it done, pass on to the next guy, you know. And, you know, we lack that a little bit, but we were able to come through with a win and, you know, that's, that's all that matters. Yeah, I agree with all that except the part where you talk about big games because the Yankees never win big games in the playoffs, ever. So I don't know what the hell he's talking about. They never, ever do anything in the postseason except lose. So I don't care if you win a game in April. And how about that stupid-ass manager they have, that hack? How about this guy, Boone? Did you hear what he said? It was an absolute must-win. Like, are you kidding me? Ten days into the season, it's a must-win. Bro, you're such a phony. That's his PR spin. That's him being a PR man, must win, you know, try. He's the worst. And honestly, I I didn't think this the last couple of years. I say it now. They're never going to win with him as the manager, ever. They will never win anything 
with that guy as the manager of the Yankees, as far as I'm concerned. They optioned Domingo Herman after the loss to the Rays on Saturday. He pitched awful. Basically, all that is, Scotty, is they don't need a fifth starter for a week or 10 days or something like that. So they just sent Herman down so that he can get a little extra work. He's going to be the odd man out right now. Dodgers have been red hot to start the year. They're 8-2. and two. They sweep the Nationals over the weekend. Kershaw outduels Max Scherzer yesterday. Here is Dodgers manager Dave Roberts. Everything looking great so far in sunny Southern California. Here's Roberts. We're playing pretty good baseball. We're, we're finding a way to win, obviously, more than we lose. And um, for me, it's just kind of the intent each day to uh, play a clean baseball game and compete for nine innings, and, and that's what we do consistently. I mean, they're the best team in baseball, hands down, so that's what that is. Uh, you know, they're the difference between, you know, we're talking about the Yankees can't beat anybody. Uh, the Dodgers beat everybody, and they have the best record, whatever. They're playing phenomenally well. Uh, they're just better than everybody, bottom line. I know uh, the Padres are very exciting, and, and the Reds are doing well and all this. The Reds don't matter. I mean, at the end of the day, the Dodgers are all that matter right now in baseball. All these other teams are posers. In fact, I mean, right now you'd say that they're going to win it all again. That's how good they look. They're loaded. I agree. Yeah, I, I agree. They're the team right now that I would take. Uh, the Pirates take two out of three from the Cubs this weekend. Raise the Jolly Roger. Here's David wow. Ross. What a horrible weekend for the Cubbies. Here he is. We had to play a little bit cleaner of baseball. I know that the, the mistakes didn't show up on the board, but we had we had some some leadoff, um, some of their leadoff hitters that got on base on plays that I, I our guys usually make. Um, you know, we got some chances today to to get a little bit closer in this ball game, and Look at that short um, we just wanted to capitalize on some opportunities with runners in scoring position. First time we haven't done really a good job. First series so far, we've done a really good job of that, in my opinion. Yeah, some some free runs that felt like they were out there at times that uh, we didn't quite take advantage of. But that's that's baseball. They made some pitches when they had to, and yeah, a couple things things went their way. Sheldon's a great recruiter. <laughs> Raise the Jolly Roger, baby. For the Red Sox, JD Martinez went on the COVID list on Saturday. He wow. came off of the COVID list on Sunday. And he came off in a big way. Three homers against the Orioles. Let's hear the third one, Scotty, on Nesson yesterday. And the 0-2 pitch. Another drive. Oh, no. Out to center. Back it goes. That's a home run. J.D. Martinez with his third home run today. Oh, man, there is hot. And then there is J.D. Martinez right now. Unbelievable. I mean, this is special. It, it really is. Every time he makes contact, the ball is gone. I mean, he's made so many good passes. He's touching everything off. Three home run game. Wow. I mean, the way they started 0-3, uh, you got to be impressed with where they are right now. No, you have to. Uh, they got swept by the Orioles at home last week, and they've won six in a row since. So nice job by the Red Sox. Friday night, let's go back there. San Diego Padres in Texas against the Rangers. They were the only team in the majors that has never had a no-hitter. Joe Musgrove, San Diego's own, changed that on Friday night. Here's the final out on Bally Sports San Diego. Ground ball to shortstop. Kim will go to first. The San Diego Padres get their first no-hitter in the history of the franchise. And it belongs to San Diego's own Joe Musgrove. Sending the Friar faithful into a frenzy. 
Oh, I just thought the call of that was so well done. Uh, the Friar faithful into a frenzy. That'll go down in history in San Diego sports, the call of that. Uh, just It was just such a good feeling. Uh, certainly not for me. Uh, when he was with the Pirates, he couldn't get anybody out. And now he goes to San Diego and throws a near-perfect game. He being one batter. What a damn he threw. The guy had him hitting ground balls all night long. Couldn't be happier for Joe Musgrove, uh, the San Diegan. Uh, grew up there idolizing Jake Peavy. I had Scott Miller on the show on Friday night on the radio side. Uh, a great moment for that kid. And uh, he's going to be a rock star now. He's going to make a lot of money off of that. I can guarantee you that. And he will face his former team, the Pirates, on Wednesday, Scotty. Musgrove scheduled to pitch at PNC. The Padres start a series there tonight. DeGrom K's 14 on Saturday, but the Mets lose again. They can never score for him. Conforto was booed heavily. Uh, the Mets haven't played a lot of games, as we know. They were rained out yesterday. Marcus Stroman, very unhappy that Major League Baseball started the game. He's right. Uh, I believe it was nine pitches, something like that. They took him off the field, uh, and they never came back on. So the Mets and Marlins washed away. Tonight, Mets and Phillies washed away. They will play a doubleheader tomorrow. Jed Lowry, who basically played one game for the Mets over two years, says that they didn't allow him to get knee surgery. Uh, so there you go. Jed Lowry breaking his silence about his time with the Mets. <laughs> Miggy Cabrera placed on the IL with a biceps injury. Dexter Fowler has a torn ACL. I give to you our first MLB parlay of the year, Scotty. What? A home run parlay. Look at this, baby. 20 bucks to win just under 7K. They had Trent Grisham, Anthony Rendon, Bryce Harper, and Eugenio Suarez to all homer yesterday. All four of them did 20 to almost seven grand. That's how you do it. I love it. That is delicious. Nice call. <laughs> uh, Red Sox and Twins, of course, just like we mentioned with the T-Wolves and with the Wild, they did not play this afternoon due to everything that is going on in Minnesota. There you see a statement from the Twins out of respect for the, tra for the uh, tragic events that occurred in Brooklyn Center. No game today. Uh, tonight, Scotty, we do have a lot of games in baseball. We will get them to all of them when we come back, including – Garrett Cole on the hill for the Yankees tonight in Dunedin, Florida, against the Blue Jays. And we've got some late-night games that me and you will see on the bench tonight as well. I'm excited for it. So he's pitching in the steamy Dunedin with the mosquitoes out. See if he can get one in. He'll be soaking wet tonight. We'll see if the Yankees can beat the Jays. I don't think they can. I mean, the Jays seem to have their number. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba.
Trevor, let's dance on these baseball games that are still on for tonight. Yes, let's do that. First of all, in Pittsburgh, we mentioned that the Padres are visiting PNC for the next couple of days. You Darvish on the hill for the Friars, minus 240 road favorites. Seattle is in Baltimore tonight. Get the Orioles as a favorite, a rare favorite for the Orioles tonight against the Mariners. The Yankees are in Dunedin, minus 205. Garrett Cole, of course, is on the hill against Robbie Ray. Rangers are in Tampa tonight. Tyler Glass now on the hill for them. They're minus 210. Well, uh, I'll start at the top. I, I got to make the uh, Friars my top play. San Diego over the Bucs. I know the Bucs look great against the Cubs. Maybe that's because the Cubs suck. Uh, I'm going to go with the Orioles at Camden tonight and, and take that uh, as favorite. Uh, and then I'm going to go Jays. Uh, I don't believe in uh, Robbie Ray as far as I could throw him, but I'll say this. It seems like when the Yankees play the Jays, they don't hit, and they don't score runs for Garrett Cole, and he gives up home runs. And that Jays lineup, for me, swings a nasty stick. So I'm going Jays there. I'm not making it a high-priority bet. I'm just you know going onions there at plus 172 on Fandle. And then I'm all over the Rays, uh, but I put them as my 10th play over the Rangers, uh, but I am going Tampa tonight. Also tonight, Scotty, we have the Marlins in Atlanta against the Braves. Alcantara on the mound for the Marlins. They, of course, are uh, plus 112, Braves minus 132. The Cubbies at Miller Park against the Brewers. Peralta uh, Peralta on the hill, minus 142. The Nationals in St. Louis tonight. uh, Cardinals minus 144 favorite, and the Indians against the White Sox tonight. Rondone on the mound, minus 130 for them. Carver High, you know, I think Strasburg goes tonight uh, in that game at Bush, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll it with him. I'm going to go Nats there and squeeze that one in the middle uh, in terms of before the others. I'm going to go back to the top now. I'm going to go Braves, but make it a low priority as my 11th play. I'm starting to not feel good about the Braves. I like Freddie Freeman, Acuna, and Albies, all the rest of them. They're pitching even, and – I love that move for Charlie Morton, but the Braves have stunk it up early, in my opinion, in in these first couple of weeks. So I don't have any faith in them. I like the Marlins with the upset there. I love the Brewers at home tonight with Peralta over the average Cubs. And then uh, I'm going to go White Sox again. I got to tell you, though, Mike, I'm getting a little frustrated betting on the White Sox every night, and they lose all the time. I'm starting to wonder what's wrong with Tony La Russa's White Sox. Yeah, his bullpen's been absolute junk here over the first week plus of the season. They have done an awful job. Astros tonight host the Tigers. Zach Greinke on the hill. Heavy price here, minus 260 it's gone up to now. The Angels are in Kansas City against the Royals. Angels a slight road favorite, minus a buck ten. Oakland in Arizona. Bumgarner on the hill against Bassett. A's a minus 132 road favorite. And the Reds are in the city by the bay. San Francisco tonight. With Wade Miley on the mound, he stinks. The Reds are off to a good start, though, six and three, as are the Giants, minus a buck eighteen for San Francisco. Yeah, they're both playing really good baseball right now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go uh, risky again with the Reds here on the streets. I'm gonna take uh, Mad Bum and Zona over the A's, who have flopped coming out of the gates. I'll take Zona, and then I'm gonna take the Angels on the road against the Royals. I think that's gonna be a good series in Kansas City, believe it or not. And uh, I love the Astros tonight. I made it my number two play. I don't care what I have to pay. I think they'll kick the Tigers' ass six ways till Sunday. So there you go. Baseball tonight. 
Uh, let's go back to the golf, Scotty. You and Sal talked about it early in the show. Let's put a little ribbon on the Masters here. Of course, Hideki Matsuyama was your winner. Let's hear the emotional final call from Jim Nance on the 18th green yesterday on CBS. And now for the first time, the land of the rising sun has a favorite son wearing a green jacket. Hideki Matsuyama is the Masters champion. Hideki, congratulations. I think he uh, clearly had a, a Cabernet Sauvignon Saturday night in his room and wrote that one out for like two hours and probably watched a bad NBA game and planned that one out. Uh, and then, I like I said, I, I couldn't get over that interview with this kid after he won the Masters. You win the Masters, first Japanese guy to ever win the Masters, and because he doesn't speak English, you're going to run him out of town? I, I don't care what anybody says. Uh, Haro or anybody, that was awful. It was awful. It was flat-out awful. They should be ashamed of themselves. And, uh, I mean, it's more exciting watching a kid sitting in the Atlanta airport than it was watching him win the green jacket. We will get to that. Um, and let's see, here's where the tournament, this is the, the whole entire tournament right here. Uh, Hideki put it in the water on 15, got Xander Schauffele within two strokes. Okay. Right. After he birdied 15 as well, here it is 16th tee. This is where Matsuyama won the green jacket because I think that he was folding a little bit there towards the end of the back nine. But our boy Xander Schauffele, who never gets it done in a big spot, he gets it wet, puts it in the drink on 16. Here it is on CBS. What a reversal for Xander Schauffele. Front nine, first nine, second nine. Look at that, six under in the last nine holes. Wind is in the player's face and from the left, Vern. This is an eight this iron. Is the bird. Xander's on fire. <laughs> Watch. Come on, right there. Extremely yeah. high, just right now. Oh. Oh. Definitely now, in the water. There are the ripples. <laughs> oh, now you got it all figured out. There are the ripples. Vern's got there it all figured out. Now. Vern was riding him for a fifth straight birdie. He had him going uh, all the way into Matsuyama's backyard. He was going to steal that Masters, and then it went in the water, and he's like, oh, look, here's the deal. If I had to hit that tee shot again, I would have hit the second one in the water too. So uh, there's nothing uh, pretty about going into the water in any tournament, in anywhere, any shot by anyone. It sucks any way you look at it, at least – you know what's worse is when the guy – it's like I think Sal said when he afterwards won't admit it. Like he's uh, like, it's no uh, problem for me. I'm going to sleep fine tonight. No, you're not. Well, yeah, exactly. And here it is. You think I was going to leave without letting you hear Xander Schauffele try to sell you that for the rest of his life, if he doesn't win a green jacket, he's not going to think about putting it on the drink at 16. Here's Xander <laughs> to sell you that right now, Scotty. I uh, hit a perfect eight iron. It was 184 yards. I can hit my eight iron. wasn't perfect. Went in the water. I turned it right to left. Yeah. Wind was into left to right. It was the wind's fault. You can kind of see it. The ball hovered there. So I was chasing. You know, I was still two back. Hideki is a great left to right iron player. I, I figured if I hit it close, Stop he was going to hit it right on top. So I was in full chase mode, so I got no regrets from that. Chase mode. Listen, yeah. uh, Mike's right. Uh, Carver High, you know, you said it early in the show that you'll never lay money on him again. But I'll say this. I still believe He's a great golfer. I, I, you know, I don't believe, I, I really don't believe in Ricky Fowler anymore at all for anything ever. 
I think he's he looks finished to me as far as mattering. But like we saw Sergio Garcia win a, a green jacket, and everyone said he would never win a major, and that he was finished, and that he sucked, and then he stole a green jacket. So he'll forever go to the champions dinner with that green jacket on. I'll say this: I think you're right about Xander that a lot of people aren't going to bet on him again. But that guy is in every major, every Saturday and Sunday of every major. He's in every one of them. And, I mean, he is close, uh, but no cigar. I'll give you that. But I still think the guy's no. a really good golfer. You're absolutely right. He's in every major. But what worries me is that's what Ricky Fowler was doing three or four years ago. He was in every major, and he never got it done. And I'm not saying that you know that he's going to go down the same path as Fowler. I hope he eventually does one for his sake. But, geez, can you ever finish the deal when you get close? I mean, God, Xander, come on. Now, we mentioned how this was very boring down the, pretty much the whole way. And the problem was, Scotty, that this guy had a lead, and the guys that were right behind him, those four or five guys, they're not good enough to go and get him. Uh, Mark right. Leishman, Rose was so out of gas on the back nine on Saturday, he had no shot um, to go and get it done. And we'll hear from Willie Z in a moment. But look at your boy Hideki Matsuyama in the Chicago airport, or I believe the Atlanta airport this morning, 6.30 in the morning. I mean, just put the green jacket anywhere, Hideki. Uh, heading back home, <laughs> just lay that thing anywhere. Can we get the guy a hanger? I mean, come on. Come on. I mean, it's the green jacket you just won. Uh, but no fanfare whatsoever. Nobody probably even knew who he was in the airport, Scotty. Yeah, and the, and the seats are covered with the COVID, and everybody's oh, hot. Uh, all I know oh. is, I would. How does he not have that in a suit bag? I would not be That's walking around I mean. with that in Atlanta. Uh, like honestly, I, but I, he obviously was excited, and and no yes. one would know him otherwise. You walk through the Atlanta airport with the green jacket, people figure out real quick who you are. Now, I've been to that airport five million times because I lived there three times. And I mean to tell you, there is no airport I've been in in my life where I've seen more famous people than that Hartsfield airport. I mean, it is constant. There is action in that airport, one of the busiest airports in the world. And you will always see someone, pro sports, of any major sport, you'll see someone in there every time you go. And I know that Sal was saying earlier, you know, usually the guy who wins, they're out partying till you know, four in the morning. How do you make that flight? He wants to get on that flight because his party isn't going to happen till he gets home to Japan. Right. That's when the party is going to happen for him when he brings that green jacket home. Of course, first major winner ever from Japan. He gets $2 million for the win, a big wow. check for taking home the Masters. And the kid who came in second, he gets a big check too, $1.2 million for young Will Zalatoris, Willie Z. After <laughs> Willie Z, and he did such a great job as Happy Gilmore's caddy back at the Waterbury Open. He shows up here this weekend and does an outstanding job. He looks exactly like the kid in Happy Gilmore that Sandler beats up. It's crazy. Here's Willie Z after the round yesterday, Scotty. It hasn't sunk in. Um, I think, if anything, it's just the fact that I'm one shot short. Um, it's just kind of sitting sitting right in front of me, you know, thinking through where I could have found that one or two shots. Um, but that's just golf. I mean, it, every single week, um, you know, you always think about those one or two. But, you know, like I said, the fact I put myself in contention and was able to handle it and be one or two. in the final group and my third <sighs> major um, in my entire career is obviously really exciting. I'll tell you what's exciting, winning $1.2 million for finishing yeah. second. If you finish in the top five at Augusta, you are rich. That's all there is to it. Imagine what it's going to be like in 10 years when they're making three mil uh, to win the uh, Masters. I think, you know, every year it'll go up at least probably 
you know, three, 400 grand a year. It just keeps going up and up and up. In 20 years, they'll be making five mil to uh, win the Masters. I mean, this is a kid who didn't even have his tour card a couple of years ago, and he gets 1.2 mil uh, for coming in second at the Masters. And he's right. There were shots out there. He missed a lot of putts on Saturday and Sunday. I have another parlay for you. This one involves Matsuyama winning. Look at this one, Scotty. 50 for 44K on FanDuel. This person had Matsuyama winning the Masters with Eric Bledsoe scoring 25 points last week against the Nets. So you put those two together, 50 for 44K. How about this? Uh, Unless I'm mistaken, he got like, uh, it was either 26 or 29 points, and he got thrown out of the game. He had just (laughs) covered that bet. And I think he had 26 points, and the bet was 25. At 26, the guy got thrown out of the game. He got ejected from the game, and the guy still won the bet for 44 dimes. That is that crazy. Is, that is unbelievable, that's for sure. Uh, of course, this week they go to the RBC Heritage in South Carolina. Bryson DeChambeau decides he's not going to play. He had an awful week. Our next major, oh, Scotty, the PGA. Shame. Coming up in the middle of May, your early favorite, of course, Dustin Johnson at eleven to one, Rom, JT, the usual suspects. We are hey majors every month now for the next three PGA Championship, uh, South Carolina next month. Let's go. SportsGrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips twenty four seven as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid SportsGrid.com Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest but let me play devil's advocate here let's see so no that's a good thing uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem uh, Reese's you did it you stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Carver, hi. I threw this uh, graphic at you to see if if you could guess which one of these teams ruins this uh, parlay that we have. Do we have that uh, graphic ready for the uh, parlay? Who ruins this yes. parlay? Here it comes. All right, here we go. It's a fi- I can't it's read a fi- it. You tell me who it is. <laughs> it's a 50 to win 30K. DeGrom Cy Young, Cole Cy Young, Nets NBA title, Chiefs AFC title, Alabama national championship in football. Who ruins that ticket? Um, I am going to say, geez, I'm going to say all of them. That's tough. No, I think a couple of them. I think Alabama can win again. I think DeGrom can win the Cy Young. Um, I, I think I say the Nets. I say the Nets wreck it. 
I don't think the Nets are going to win. Right. UMass win. beat St. Cloud for the NCAA hockey title. Uh, Hingming Sun, who plays on Tottenham, suffers racial ab- abuse during the Man U game. It never ends in the Premier League. The racist league is what it is. Bottom line, the fans are crazy. Former Titans star Eddie George takes the job at Tennessee State. Mac McClung of Texas Tech declares for the NBA draft. Trevor Lawrence and his girlfriend got married. Britt Reed charged with felony DWI. He's going to jail. Uh, Andy Reid's son, I guarantee it. Uh, Johnny Manziel's divorce from Bree Tiesa finally happened. That only took two years. Janet Jackson's stylist reveals that Justin Timberlake set up the infamous wardrobe malfunction. It was all Justin Timberlake's fault now. Skinny jeans are out, Carver High. Wide leg denim is in vogue. Most Americans say the pandemic is, uh, the stress of it has ruined their bedroom performance, not mine. A 10-year-old took uh, uh, the van to get Cheerios while his parents were passed out. I love that kid. I used to do that when I was 14. Go rolling in dad's car around the hood. Uh, four teenage girls were bored, so they set a fire on a house. Set a, burned the house down. They were bored. And a Florida man accused of killing his girlfriend's son after he decided to whip it out and go on the couch. So he killed him. I love that. Like, what are you doing? Uh, are you going to the bathroom on my couch? I'll kill you. And then he did. He killed the kid. And now he's going to go to jail for the rest of his life. I mean, I don't know what's better. The girls that burned down the house and they use like aerosol with the can and the lighter. <laughs> Set the house on fire. Burn it down. See you tonight on the bench. I got The only place to turn for expert sports gaming strategies and information. But we just call it The Edge. This is. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.